0: i'm whitney walker and this is the women waken podcast where i interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine we talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world on this episode i welcome my dear friend Verpal gore Verpal is the owner of rising lotus reiki she is a traditional reiki master Verpal helps to restore people to balance and wholeness by working with universal life energy. She also refers to herself as a rainbow warrior and a light worker, which are some of the topics that we focus on in this interview. We get deep into the glorious, esoteric concepts such as Pleiadians and Starseeds, moving into 5D, exploring 3D, 4D, and 5D, and what exactly that means. Rapaul also shares with us about ascension and unity consciousness, as well as light languages and light codes, what they are and what are their purpose. And of course, she sheds some insight and light into Reiki and how it can help with ascension. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Vrapal, and welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. Happy to finally have you on the show to talk about your amazing work and background and really just to have a conversation in general because, Rapal, you and I have been connected for about a year now, and we definitely relate to a lot of the concepts around, well, first of all, there's star seeds. That's one thing that you and I've covered the Pleiadians and many different esoteric spiritual topics that I very much connect with. And it sounds like I think you and I kind of came into an awareness of them and felt a strong connection with them maybe a little bit later in life. So that's something I think that we both can relate to is kind of coming into this space at a, a later time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just been recently really feeling the call to connect with um, the term starseed. I think I might have shared with you, I went on a trip to Sedona recently and was starting to learn about the Pleiadians and their energy there and a lot of UFO sightings. So I started to dig in and join some clubhouse rooms and really started to learn about them and what it's all about.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sedona. One of my favorite places in the country. I love that place. Sedona and Shasta have a um, place in my heart. As far as every time I go there, I feel something, something new comes through. There's definitely a, a sense of a strong energetic presence that that spiritual vortex energy that they have there.
1: Yeah, so uh, Mount Shasta is known for the Lumerians, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an ancient city, and they say the Lumerian peoples are still there. And so oftentimes going there, we feel this activation of past lives that we've been in, uh, including Lumeria. So I've learned recently that I was in Lumeria. So some of those gifts are coming through. So actually when I was there um, a couple years ago, bought a bunch of crystals. And so this Lumerian crystal, and it's like just come out to me of like, you need to sit with it. So mm-hmm. it's known to have codes in it. Um, so I've just been sitting with it in meditation and uh, just allowing whatever information that wants to come through, come through. And oftentimes it's on a subtle level we're not really aware of it. It'll come through our dreams. Um, you know, and it's just information that we know already it's in our being. It's just about remembering it.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's interesting because I, when I was in Shasta, it was, it was a while ago, but I was called to also get a Lemurian quartz and mine looks like it's like, looks like a big ice pick. And I was called to put it under my pillow when I slept so that I could get some of those downloads and insights. And it was also interesting because two different separate trips. When I went to Shasta, I would go to crystal stores and I was really called to this certain crystal um, or stone crystal stone. And they both looked very different. One was like a dark um, green blue. And the other one on a different trip was a light blue. And I didn't realize till later that they were both the same stone. They're both appetite. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Appetite. And they're both related to bringing forth wisdom, that inner wisdom from the You know, past lives from the deeper wisdom of the universe that we all hold within us, but lose touch with. So I think there's definitely those of us who are called to those places. I think a lot of it has to do with bringing up ancient information, higher knowledge of the universe that we've lost touch with that can be very beneficial to our world right now.
1: Definitely. I mean, there's activations that are happening. Um, I also bought a um, shaman stone, or it's a crystal. And this is also bringing in activation for me from past lives of knowledge that I have. And in this lifetime, I was part of a shamanic course for a brief period. And um, I didn't know why I was there. And, you know, I had connected with a friend who's an intuitive. And I remember her saying, You don't need to be in this course, you already have this information in your DNA and i didn't really understand it and now i'm starting to understand like there was tools i needed to learn in that course but then at some point my higher self was telling me you this is not aligned and not at this moment mm. and you know that kind of connects with what's happening with ascension and you know there's all this conversation of uh collective ascension that's happening and people are a little bit confused of like what is that and it's really about collectively us raising our vibration, our energetic vibration, to shift from this dense 3D to the the fifth dimension. Um, And part of that is activating those gifts and those memories that we have within us already.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And another, when you brought up Lemuria, I thought of this. um, Are you familiar with the concept of astrocartography? No. So I I bring that up because I had a reading recently from an astrologer. And she brings up, there's a chart called an ast- astro cartography. It can put a map of the world and it has, you have, everybody has ley lines based on the date and time of their birth. And it shows there's different lines. Like I know there's like a Pluto line and Saturn, there's different lines and they show like which areas of the planet are most aligned with different things. Like whether it's a certain place is good, is good for you know, healing and relationships. Another is good for growth and inspiration. Um, another is good for tapping into wisdom. And when I got mine done, she told me, she said, there, for some reason, there's a really strong space in like Southern California between San Diego and LA, like the Orange County area. And I thought, well, that's odd. I've never really thought about, you know, I, I've never been drawn to LA. I haven't felt a strong connection with ever being there. But then I found out that that's kind of where Lemuria would have been or like where sort of like in that general areas where Lemuria is underneath, you know, the ocean, the sea that that's sort of another guidance system that we can access and use mm-hmm. in this time. That I think there is something, cause I've also talked to a lot of other, you know, people in this, in this line of work and realm of Ascension, and they're tapped into this, that you can go like going to Shasta, right. Or Sedona, there's places you can go that have greater energy for, Bringing forth these gifts, knowledge, and ascension. So, and I've I've been a transient for the past year, traveling a lot, and so I've been kind of trying to hit those places where I feel a call to, or that are advantageous based on a astro cartography. So that was something that I learned about that I think is pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I've been learning a little bit about ley lines and ley lines, um, also like.
0: You know where I
1: am right now. I felt really called to move to this particular location, and I asked my higher self, like, why am I here? And the message I was getting was because of the land, uh, and I think also a lot of us that are light workers that are, you know, feeling this call and listening to the call of ascension and working through our our emotions and traumas, we are placed in different locations to actually channel light where we are. So we are helping the planet also with ascension. And so Mother Gaia is ascending and we can choose to ascend with her or we don't and we actually really need to. Um, So in order for her to receive light, she's also receiving it through us as channels. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's something that I was thinking about is like, we're all getting placed in different spots in order for light to be sent to those areas in our communities as well as the land as well as the animals and the plants. So this is a collective healing and ascension that's occurring.
0: Wow. That's a beautiful way to put it and a beautiful message because I think, you know, kind of as I described the LA area and also I felt a call to um, sort of like the, you know, big sky country, like Montana, Wyoming, which is again, not a place that I would usually consider, you know, somewhere that I would be yet. I've just kept feeling called And to what you just said. I, I always try to remind myself that when it comes to the bigger picture, right it's not so much about this world stuff as far as like 3d is in oh well this region is you know whatever this political climate this you know temperature this it's not ideal but there's something bigger than just what we would maybe normally seek out cuz just as you said if we are our light workers and healers it's not just about us sometimes we're meant to go to a space to bring our light our gifts our energy to that space mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah so you know in terms of like that collective we're talking about you know that it's not just us so as a collective we're really um starting to open ourselves up to these higher vibrations and really becoming more aware of things that are not normally perceived by our senses so we all have access to the clairs the clairvoyance claircognizance clairsentience clairaudience it's just that we have tuned out of that so as souls when we come to the planet We choose to forget because we are here to learn lessons. But right now, collectively, we're going through this ascension process. And it's, you know, we've ascended on a soul level, but now we're ascending on a physical level in our physical bodies. And in order for us to ascend to these higher vibrations and, you know, these higher vibrations and, you know, uh, out of the 3D, we really need to start shedding things that are weighing us down. So, for example, traumas, core wounds, Wounds, like any low vibrational emotions that are now going to be given the chance to really shed this dense, these higher uh, yeah. vibrating realities. Um, so we yeah. highly get to choose. Reality. So we, we get to choose whether we want to ascend with Mother Earth. Um, and in order to do that, we have to start looking at our wounds. We have to really start looking at those shadows. Uh, we can't run
0: from them anymore. So now is the time to start accepting that. Yeah. Thank you again so much for that reminder. You're bringing up such beautiful points for Paul because what, what just came to me is it reminds me that the whole spiritual journey and experience is it's kind of, you really need like your daily essentials to remind you what, you know, kind of your why, like what, what you're all about, why you're engaging this, what's going on at this time. Cause it can be so easy to get lost in what you just described because healing and releasing that dense energy can happen in very challenging ways, right? Our wounds don't always heal beautifully and seamlessly. And our releasing that denser energy can be through like deep purging of emotions. And I know that I've, in the past, what, like 10 months for me, I've had like a huge release that I didn't expect, right? Like I went on this trip across the country and I thought it was just going to be like a fun, you know, excursion and pilgrimage and it just a great exploration, but it was that releasing. And just to your point, I lost touch with the bigger concept of, oh, this is about me. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I am ascending, I am shifting, I'm releasing this old energy that does not serve me. And it's really no longer part of who I am. So it's got to go if I'm going to, you know, make this evolutionary shift, become this lighter being. But most of the time I would panic and say, this is terrible. And I would fight it. I would say, I don't want this to happen. This is too hard. This is scary. This needs to stop. And I think that's what is so important about having guides and and also a community around this, because it would always, when I would talk to friends and various people who are in this community, I would be reminded that, oh, this, I need to just trust. I think trust is a really big word right now because Ascension can be, feel scary to our you know, 3D bodies, to ourselves who may have lived a lot of our lives, not in this sort of work, not in this sort of awareness or understanding, right? And so it is kind of like daily, it's good to almost have like your, you know, the same as you like get yourself ready in the morning, showered to have, okay, I embrace whatever comes, everything I'm going through is a part of my growth. So I embrace what comes and I know that it's a part of my healing and releasing of what I'm not supposed to have. Just because it can be, again, it can be so hard to remember that when it's a really challenging time. And when things happen that you feel like, oh gosh, this is, this is bad. You know, we want to label it as bad and undesirable, but when I'm in my higher mind and looking at the bigger picture, it's really helpful.
1: For sure. I mean, a lot of people are saying, I didn't sign up for this. Actually, actually actually you did. We did sign up for this. Our our souls signed up for this work. Yeah. We uh, made, you know, certain contracts with our higher self, contracts with uh, the families that we are in and the communities that we are in to to heal generational trauma, to heal past lives. Uh, this is all something that we have chosen. And so when. We do find struggle in that, as you mentioned, it's really important to come back to gratitude. That's something that really helps me is really being grateful for this opportunity to do, do this work. And for me, I connect with my altar daily and I connect with spirit and my ancestors and all of my guides. And I really thank them for this opportunity to do this work because it really is a gift to do, do this healing work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to unload all that baggage we're carrying from previous generations, and you know, even those previous generations. Uh, for example, my my parents' generation, you know, they had they have a role in all of this work. And and what it was is that they're holding the density, and they held the density so that we could evolve a little bit more, get out of that trauma state, get out of that survival mode, so that we could actually work on this stuff. Because if we were still fighting for food and shelter. We wouldn't be able to ascend we wouldn't be able to heal these things so i pay gratitude for my ancestors for my family for being able to do this work so that i can you know really heal this for future generations so that future generations don't have to carry this mm-hmm. um so just a reminder is really having gratitude for this and we're only given as much as we can handle mm-hmm. and you know like you said trust and surrender that's been really my practice the last six years, seven years has been really just trusting that all is happening as it should for my highest good. And knowing that the more that I resist it, the harder that it gets. So really just accepting. And even if that means I don't know what's happening, I don't know what's going to come next, really just taking those moments to take care of myself. I mean, I got COVID a couple months ago and I was a little frustrated, but it was a ceremony in itself for me, reminding me that this was a time for me to look at, you know, fears that were coming up, even as I had COVID of fears of my life, fear of death and fear of support and love. And so, letting those things come out and really just feeling it and also seeking support too. like, you know, we don't have to do this alone. There's a lot of us that are going through this and we can really uh, learn from other people's experiences and know that the lows are not always going to be there, that, you know, there's a lot of up and down and we have to appreciate the highs as much as we do the lows because Mm -hmm. nobody can stay at the top of the mountain forever. We have to come back to the valleys. And so that's when gratitude really comes in of what are you grateful for in the basic ways? Like I'm grateful for this conversation. I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful for food in my stomach and clean water. Those are things that we really take for granted that people in the rest of the world don't have. So just remembering to be grateful for those basic things.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. That staying in that space of gratitude also can keep us very grounded and keep us keep our perspective. Which is even if we face challenges, even if things are uncomfortable, there's still so much that is wonderful and still going really well, and still we're very you know fortunate to to have. Um, And I also love that you brought up the sort of facing fear, And, and you mentioned with COVID, and I know that was. Definitely my experience. And I, so I got COVID back in December and it developed into long COVID and talk about being scared. I was terrified because, and I really fell into fear and what was crazy. And also speaking of getting support, I reached out to my community and a friend and I said, can you please, you know, can you pull some cards for me? I'm really feeling like I'm getting very scared and I feel overwhelmed and I I could use some connection. And she pulled a card for me and it was Kali Ma, the Indian goddess, and on the card it said facing fear, and it said something like you're you're having a huge spiritual growth and you're ready to soar, and so that gave me all the reassurance I needed, which is I wouldn't be challenged to face fear if my guide didn't know that I had it in me to be very courageous, and that that courage is needed at this time for those of us who are going to be you know light workers, way showers that we're going to have to face fear because if if you shift from the third you know from three D to five D. Those are different dimensions and any, it's like, you know, any change in life, it's scary at times to shift from what, you know, into something different, but you got it. But, you know, if it's something better for your highest good, then it's always worth it. So that's really stuck with me. And it's funny because I got the same message again, recently when I was kind of inquiring again about, you know, my health still isn't hundred percent and I'm still really scared the same card was pulled. So it's like, sometimes our guides will, you know, kind of be like, I I meant what I said, (laughs) you know? And they're saying like, that's an ongoing message is, you know, look at, another message I got is, look at the bigger picture, um, which was actually from a Pleiadian Oracle deck. Um, It said visionary, big ideas and higher, bigger picture. And to me, those two things, facing your fear and bigger picture, it's remembering this is, you know, we got to get out of our small idea about what life is, what the world is. And let go of fear. Illness is not always fun, but it's not always what we think. Sometimes it is just a way for us to slow down, to surrender to our bodies. You know, sometimes things are being worked out in our body when we get sick that are beyond just getting a virus. And it can be, you know, it it could even be a part of ascension, I think.
1: No, definitely. It's part of ascension. And, you know, one thing I love that Golly came up because she's been a very powerful dark goddess that came through in my life as well. And she is the sole purpose that I really stepped fully into my path or on the way to fully being on my path, um, you know, doing this light work. And, you know, she did the same thing of like, you know, what are you doing right here? Like you deserve better. And You know it's scary. You don't know what's coming next, but don't worry. Like the, you know, when you jump, the net will appear, Mm. and you have to work through the darkness in order to get to the end of the tunnel. And you know it's really not about that destination. It really is about the journey. And there's going to be lows, and there's going to be highs. But when you look back you're going to see that you know, you're a much better version of yourself by going through that. And a lot of it is shedding those old versions of ourself, which can be really, really challenging of like, you know, well, who am I if I'm not this person anymore? Who am I if I'm not defined by society's roles, defined by my family, defined by what other people have told me that I am? Once you shed that, you actually have the opportunity to be free. And funny enough, it's scary to know what freedom is because we have been put in cages you know and it's like now the door's open and, you know you have the key but you're not ready to step out because there's just fear real fear of freedom oftentimes because of past lives um, because we had gifts we had um you know uh, information that was coming through from higher places that was not being accepted you know and now it's like okay well, this is a time to bring those gifts out because we do need to ascend. And you know, as you talked about, like part of the ascension process is shedding those old ways, those old stories and those old energies. Yeah, and yeah. you know, when we have a clogged pipe, we can't really let light come through. Um, and so we are receiving support. And that's something to remember is that you know, when we're looking at what's happening astrologically. There's a lot of like solar flares occurring, there's a lot of planetary alignments, cosmic energies that are really sending down light onto this planet so that we can start to to shift and have really transformational changes. Uh, so these activations are being sent to us. And a lot of times why we're feeling these ascension symptoms of really being tired and not having energy um, or physically our body is purging. And like you said, you know, with COVID, um, it's often a forced slowdown Mm -hmm. for us to really integrate those new levels of energy because our body's not used to it. So it's kind of like if we were to plug in, you know, a small device into something really high voltage, it's going to shock it and it's going to it's not going to be able to handle it. So we need to really slow down and rest in order for our bodies to start calibrating. Um, Because what's happening is that um, the light being sent down to us, it's really shifting us from this 3D carbon-based physical body to a crystalline light body with all 12 strands of our DNA unlocked and activated. And so in these higher dimensions, we're really able to access uh, our gifts of Telepathy, telekinesis, teleportation, and so much more. And those are not really superpowers; they're normal. And this is about the collective really starting to activate our dormant DNA strands. Um, you know, uh, and that's why the beings. You know, a lot of people say they're from the future or future versions of ourselves. These star beings, whether they are um, from Sirius, from Pleiadia. Um, you know, the Arcturians, they're coming back to show us the way because they're already living in in a place of unity, unity consciousness. There's no duality. There's no separation. Everybody's using their gifts to support each other. And everybody has their basic needs met. Nobody's fighting for basic needs, you know, and currently on this planet, we have the ability to do that. Um, But in the lower energies have really prevented us from stepping into
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Rapal. and th- those are all concepts that I, when I, f- when I first was introduced to them, I resonated with them so strongly. And really, even before I really came into more spiritual work, that's one thing that, that started me. I, back in 2019, um, was kind of when my, a, a big push in my awakening happened. And I just started thinking all the time about, why? Why are things the way they are on our planet? I was like, wait a minute, nothing's working here. Our none of our systems work. They don't serve anybody. Everyone's struggling. There's so much inequality. Just as you said, there's you know we don't work together. There's so much. There's no transparency, and as in people are always dishonest, right? They're always hiding, not disclosing things. And even before again getting into spiritual stuff, I thought you know it's interesting if we if we could read each other's thought if we did have telepathy. It would change everything because we couldn't lie anymore and it would force us to begin to change because we could no longer hide behind these lies this dishonesty and we would have to work together because every you know i mean there'd be a lot of fighting at first when people started hearing and understanding what people's real motives were um but then eventually it would you know kind of equalize and that we'd all be more on the same plane because we'd be forced to have a true understanding of where everybody stood Um, so it's, those are just some of the first concepts. And I do believe I, you know, uh, straight out, I think that I'm a star seed. Um, I have a little birthmark that's in the exact, um, sort of shape and, uh, little has seven spots in it, like the Pleiades, like the seven sisters. Um, and so I think that that's my little mark. Um, and I've also had interesting meditation experiences where I almost, um, have seen myself like in another place like on a planet or even like a starship, they called and just all kinds of stuff. And but I just and and all these thoughts just come to me where it's like there absolutely exists this other way of life in the future, in for future generations that looks nothing like the way Earth is today. And I just feel this call towards doing whatever we can in our time and place to plant the seeds to get there. Right. And it's just and it's so interesting because I'm sure you see it the same way, but it's it's as if like we're in the, it's just such a strange thing where we know that world exists, but we're still in this place where none of us know. So everyone's doubting it. People act as if this is just the way the world is. But right now at the same time, a totally different, that five dimensional world where everything is more in unity is existing at this moment. And for those of us who sense it, I think it's really hard, um, because we, it is hard not to feel kind of stuck and frustrated. Um, but then again, as you begin to surrender and have trust, you know that it's just a process and we just need to go and do our part to move us in that direction
1: No, i love that you shared that and thank you for that you know that um reminder of like what the unity consciousness is mm-hmm. and really about us not having separation and that we can make that happen right now. You know, uh, like the fact that things are not working, I feel like things need to go backwards before they go forwards because, in order for people's consciousness to be risen, you have to actually see that there's something wrong, you know, in order for things to shift. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about dimensions, we're not really talking about an actual place it's a level of consciousness yeah. and even though we're we're living here on the same planet our perception can change and when we start to see like hey we don't need to fight for things there's enough for everybody that's when we can start shifting into a higher vibration uh, these lower vibrations are really holding a lot of knowledge and awareness And and creating separation, but in higher dimensions, we are light, we're transparent, we're flexible, we're less complex, we're more encompassing and inclusive, and we're able to hold a lot more knowledge and awareness. And this increases our sense of oneness and less individuality. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be seen, everybody wants to be loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And we can get to that, you know, and so like talking about dimensions. So what is the, what are the dimensions? You know, this a lot of this, okay. like people have asked me that. And so I started doing some research. Okay, like what is, what's the difference between the 3D, the 4D, the 5D? Um, so the 3D is really this like state of consciousness that most of us in society are operating at now and have been for a really long time. And it's this um, perception of duality and polarity and separation, and a lot of individuality, and and I can see growing up in America, also being part of a you know Sikh community, where I could see the individuality being taught you know in schools, but then in my ancestry and upbringing, we were really being taught about unity, and our gurus were teaching us about you know all supporting each other, and that there was no separation, that we are all connected to Source, and we are part of Source. And so, you know, in this 3D realm, in this 3D consciousness, there's a lot of density and and a lot of material awareness. So there's a lot of materiality. Um, And this is this is a conscious sense that most people on a typical daily basis are operating on. And so and then the fourth D, um, this is a state of consciousness when we're sort of in this transition between the 3D and the 5D. And this 4D awareness is really when we are in that in-between phase of really starting to change our perspectives. So our traumas are coming up. Our egos are getting unmasked and really starting to shed those old beliefs. And we're starting to have these new revelations, as you said, of like there is other ways of being. There are other, other beings here. And really for me, learning more about the animus realm of, you know, everything is living. And, you know, there's studies done on plants you can talk to a plant with anger you can talk to a plant with love and you can see how they how they grow differently so everything is living and and we have to honor that all of this comes from the earth and is all part of source so in the 4d we're starting to unmask these things and we're starting to get a glimpse of something beyond duality that there is unity consciousness and you know Through meditation a lot of people are experiencing this um, through healing modalities like reiki some are working with very uh, powerful plants you know really starting to tune in and and our our, uh, perceptions are being shifted our third eye is being opened to that other consciousness to the 5d and we start noticing synchronicities and maybe angel numbers and you know just like all these things are happening And we start thinking a little beyond ourselves and beyond our ego. Um, And then when we get to the 50, the 50 is really that oneness and absolute love. Love being the highest vibration. This is the dimension that really allows us to have less density, go beyond duality and ego, and really start uh, stepping into truth and integrity. As you were saying, like, you know, if we can get to that higher dimension of, being able to read each other's thoughts. And we work through that. It's like, okay, well, we don't need to be jealous of each other when there's enough for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So that 50 is really starting to transcend into that unity consciousness of we are all one, and we're all connected. You know, I've had that experience myself in, in meditation circles of being able to feel what other people are feeling. I can experience that often in Reiki as well. And you know, some people are like, oh, well, that's not mine. I don't want to take it on. And it's like, you don't need to take it on. But as a collective, we are responsible for each other. So we can't just keep turning our back, you know, on the people that need support. Um, we do need to do something as a collective to help each other because this raising of consciousness needs to happen together. Um, so really getting back to that love and unity, which, you know, in previous um you know, stories and and religions, they talk about this, the different ages, um, you know, the golden ages, the bronze age, the silver age, the metal age, and the dark ages. And so astrologically, um, in in different religious communities, they've talked about how we're, we have started the transition from the dark ages to the golden age. So now is the time again for us to remember there's opulence and there is enough for everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned this earlier, but one of the the biggest things is um, to me this is leading to greater freedom, and I think that's you know sort of like a, a northern star in t- in terms of allowing for these changes and ascension is recognizing that um, it truly is because when you when you think about ascension, it's it's a lot of I mean we're lightening ourselves up, right, and almost like releasing ourselves. From what was never true so i think a lot of us now on this planet are bound by concepts beliefs and ideas that are we are of we're of our own creation that are not of a higher truth you know there's no truth in that our value is determined on how much money we have how we look you know what we can achieve how impressive we are any of these things but we're very bound to them and it keeps us and it we think it it can feel good to achieve success and be like oh well this this will set me free if I can reach this level of, you know, acknowledgement and success and, you know, any of these prestigious acknowledgements, but it's not true because then we're still beholden to that, right? But when you truly do this work to release those beliefs, you know, release those wounds that even created those beliefs in the first place, because that's my belief of how it works is first we get wounded and say, oh my gosh, that you know, my my parents didn't show me love or my parents, you know, their love felt conditional. So in order to be loved, I, I have to do this first, right? I have to be a certain thing to be loved or to be of value. And so from that wound, we create this belief. And so underneath this belief is this wound just waiting to be healed. And so once we heal it, this, that, belief just sort of dissipates. And to me, that's freedom. And to me, that's what's happening when we do this work, when we do our shadow work, when we do that ascension work, the scary sort of releasing on the other side of that is sort of like these, you know, the breaking of the chains. And that freedom is the greatest feeling ever. You know, I felt a little bit of that after this really intense dark night of the soul I've had in this past 10 months. And I've noticed this, you know, these things that used to feel like they had a hard tight grasp on me have been released and it's it literally feels lighter and it's such a good feeling you know to have because i used there used to be like a strong charge between certain concepts of like oh did that person not like me did they not accept me did they not think i was this that or the other thing and it just felt like i could feel it energetically like grabs me and then the more i did my my work it's when those same things happen it's i don't have the same response and it does feel like i've been freed So my point is that it's, we really are moving when we ascend, we're moving away from these denser concepts that are very conditional to a space of unconditionality where we have a knowing that we are always loved and we don't have to do anything to earn love or to be lovable, right? No, I love
1: that. That's yeah. That's part of the the unity consciousness. Is exactly we don't we don't need to do anything. We are already loved by Source. We love ourselves. We come back home to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've also had that sort of dark night of the soul for a while now, for a few years, and it's really been coming back to myself and not listening to the voices outside, not listening to the projections and, you know, also seeing the mirrors and seeing, okay, that's a part of me, what I'm seeing in somebody else. Um, And in order for us to all heal, we have to heal that within ourselves. And I think that oftentimes people feel like, Oh, well, what can I do to change what's happening on the planet? It's like, you can start with yourself. And that really has a, a really profound effect because once you start healing yourself, then that mirror reflects back to other people. And then it starts having a rippling effect on your communities and so on. So it's, it is really, really important to do that work individually.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that brings me to um, introducing your work, uh, Verpal, which is you, you're the owner of Rising Lotus Reiki. So you are a Reiki teacher, um, Reiki master. And Reiki is something that we can use in this work, right? Because Reiki is, is working with people's energies correct their energy fields and their energy, you know, within their bodies and and helping to sort of move along this process of when we're trying to, because ultimately everything is energy. So when we talk about wounding, we talk about, it's not anything physical broken down is just energetic. So any sort of childhood trauma and wounds, it's just, it's really stored energy from a certain experience in time where we, we may be closed up because especially childhood trauma when we're children, we don't know how to process things that happen to us. We don't really know how to understand why something so horrific would happen. So we just kind of try and, you know, put it away and hide it away because we can't make sense of why, why would somebody want to do this to us or hurt us or why would this happen? And so it it gets, that energy gets stuck there and needs to be released, right? It needs to be seen and acknowledged for what it was so that it can be transmuted. So would you say that's a part of of Reiki, of Reiki healing, or any part of the work that you do? Yeah. So, for those of you that don't know what
1: Reiki is, it's really using life force energy, energy that's available to all of us. And as Reiki practitioners, we act as channels of light. So, what we're doing is really just helping to um, unblock the clogs that you have in your energy. And so, we have seven main energy centers starting from the base of your spine to the top of your head. And each energy center is related to different parts of your body, different emotions. And so, yeah, when we have like a clogged pipe, light's not flowing through. And so when we feel a lack of safety and our root chakra is blocked, you know, we can't really be in our hearts. We can't uh, feel secure. And, you know, we can't get here to our third eye and really seeing the bigger vision of things or connecting to source. So Reiki is a really gentle way of helping to unblock that energy so your body can start to heal itself so that emotions can come through for healing. Um, Reiki was the first step of my reawakening process. And it was really a gentle way to start coming back to myself. Um, You know, it's oftentimes people feel really relaxed from it because we're holding so much exhaustion and stress in our bodies. And you know sometimes it'll bring up emotions that you know we're not wanting to look at. And it's all part of the process of our self-healing, um, because we're when we're holding emotions in our body, it's causing disease, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, and in in order to get rid of that, we have to really look at it. So Reiki starts to help move that energy so that your body can uh, start flowing it uh, and and connecting to source. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I remember my first experience with with Reiki. I went to go see a practitioner. Um, And it was my first time trying anything like that. And I had really strong visuals. I had strong visuals while she was doing the work. And it was almost, I kind of almost went to like a meditative or almost sort of um, hypnotic state while they were working on me. And I saw almost um, like she was doing landscaping. That was the visual I had is that there was like all these like weeds and different stuff and she was kind of clearing them out. And that underneath um, all of that was like this this rainbow light that was coming through. So even, I mean, this was back in my 20s and I didn't know much about Any of this, but something told me like, oh, I'm uncovering what's really under there. You know, I'm uncovering these layers of false core beliefs and, you know, hurt and pain from years and years of, you know, being in this world and helping for that light to come through that the brilliant light that we all have.
1: No, I love that. I mean, I, I see Reiki as love. And so I when people ask me, what's your favorite color, it's the rainbow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a coincidence that whoever came up with the color association with the chakras is a rainbow. And, you know, also I noticed when I was in Peru, in Cusco, that their flag is a rainbow. And I think that's where that rainbow flag comes from is really that unity consciousness and love being the highest vibration of like, that's what we all are. Ultimately, once we clean up all the density and, and all the traumas and the lower vibrations that that's what we are. And that's everybody together is that we just have to clear, clear the path in order for us to get to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you saying that reminded me that I think back in 2019, which is also like the start of my spiritual awakening, and I went, Um, I suddenly was obsessed with rainbows. It was even after this thing, but I, I just felt very drawn to them. And I, it was around this time. And so I went to, it was in June and I went to a pride festival and I just collected every single rainbow. And I basically like, you know, and of course, because of, you know, pride awareness and support, but I also just felt like, I just love this rainbow energy. And it lasted for like a few months. And that's one thing I want to mention to the audience. And I'm sure you can relate to is It's so important to follow any sort of draw you have towards colors, towards um, different music, different sounds, different, as we said, ley lines, different environments when you're going through this process because each of it is trying to guide you towards what you're kind of needing. Different crystals, right? Different crystals at different times will help you with what you're trying to process or pass or clear or, you know, cultivate. So I just find that funny. And then, because it was funny, after a while, I was like, no more rainbows. I, I moved into crystals. It was more like the clear it had kind of like formed because they say that all the colors combined actually forms white. White is all colors in one. So it was sort of like, after I had my rainbow phase, I went into like a crystal phase. So I guess what I'm just offering is that sometimes it may not make sense, but go with the things that you're feeling inspired, like drawn to, or that's kind of bringing you, you know, awakening you to something or that you feel like incorporating. Cause it's always, it's our guides, right? It's that guidance. It's that unseen force. That's you know kind of giving you a yes this is what you're wanting needing craving for a reason
1: oh 100 i mean it's about listening to our gut or you know our, our intuition yeah. and when we're drawn to certain colors that's usually an indication of what chakras need support and once we start learning about the chakra system we start to understand okay that's actually related to my power center, my solar plexus. Like I feel like eating a lot of bananas. You know, my body is asking for that, and so I'm receiving it. And and definitely with sound as well. There's different sound vibrations that are associated with different chakras. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to binarial beats. You can listen to certain vibrations of music that are going to help support your healing. Uh, I remember when I worked in the corporate world, I used to listen to um, this. This one hour chakra healing, all chakra balancing throughout the day. I would just listen to it while I was working to really just start bringing in balance to myself, you know, and, and, you know, also listen to yourself when you want to eat certain foods, really pay attention and be mindful, okay, is, this is something my body really needs right now. And oftentimes it's true. Like your body is really craving salt because maybe you're depleted of salt or you need orange juice. You're looking for vitamin C, just being conscious of how you're eating, what you're putting into your body. Um, You know, our body really knows what we need. We just have to actually slow down and listen. And meditation really helps with that. Really starting to still our mind um, will allow us to be present in other moments. Um, you know, taking time to um, honor your food and have gratitude for it. What's nourishing you and not just food, but also like what are you absorbing energetically through social media, through the TV, you know, through people that you're around. It's really, really important to take that in mind as we're going through this ascension process is really being particular and having those boundaries is really important. So if somebody's really toxic and you can't handle them, You got to put up a boundary, whether it's physically or energetically, Uh, it's super, super important because we're we're like this little seed that's planted and it's growing and we really have to nurture it. And oftentimes that requires cocooning ourselves and saying no to things, Um, you know, and it's part of our, our higher growth to do those things.
0: Yes, absolutely. All of those are little, you know, little steps along the way. It's kind of just like if you're creating a new workout routine and there's different things you do, you have to get to the gym, but you also have to change your diet and you have to hydrate, right? And take certain supplements. The same as, I mean, Ascension is you because you're, you're trans, um, transforming yourself, just like when you work out, you transform your body. But this is the transformation of your, your soul, your being, your essence, your energetic field, all of it. So there's a lot more complex, you know components to it. Um and so we've mentioned a few but there's there's just so many. Like also I know that um you could just have to really get attuned to so many things like there'll be times where you get drawn to be in the sunlight a lot. Maybe you need a lot of sunshine because that's very activating. Also being near water. That was a huge thing for me these past few months was being near water. I just was I kept getting drawn like you need to be close to water, within water, you know, being near the ocean, being in water, taking baths. Like that was just being told to me. And also I remember one time I was getting frustrated about my health and I got a, a hit an intuitive, you know, my, um, I got Claire audience where you hear something and I just heard drink more water than you would ever think you need. So sort of like, just keep drinking water. And I was like, all right. And I got one of those giant water bottles and I would just chug water because water is so important when we're in our ascension process. Cause our bodies are, you know, what 90% water they say. So when we're, you know, changing so much, we need that to replenish and cleanse us. So that, and then, you know, like location-wise, the elements that you're needing, the colors that you're drawn to, the sounds, um, just, and also being in nature, right? And we talked about Shasta and Sedona. In the past few years, I always also know what sort of elements I need. Sometimes I feel drawn to the mountain, right? A more mountainous, the redwood, sort of more nature. Other times I feel very called to the desert, that very peaceful sort of serene quiet and other times you know it's the ocean but we if we listen and we tr- kind of just sense with our intuition with our bodies and our our whole self we'll be guided we'll be told exactly what we need all the time and sometimes it'll just come right to right in front of us you know something and that's why it's also important to look for what people bring to you like if somebody comes up to you and they're like hey do you want to go to this thing at this place take note of it and say oh wow is that am i is this important is this a step that might be advantageous for me at this time.
1: No, I love that. I mean, I, I also have felt really called to be, I live close to the ocean and, you know, the ocean is a teacher of the feminine, uh, really being in flow. And yes. so when when we need to balance our feminine energy, um, water is there um, and something to be aware of is also on which side of the body, if you feel anything. So the right side is the masculine energy within us. The left side is the feminine. So if you're noticing, like, I oftentimes will, like, cut myself or, like, you know, uh, get bruised, like, on the same side all the time. And I'm like, okay, that's my body, my higher self telling me, like, you need to bring this into balance. Like, either your masculine's in overdrive or your feminine's in overdrive, you know, so you have to really bring balance to both of those. And, you know, yes, being out in nature and grounding, grounding is super, super important, really putting our, you know, energetic core down into the earth and connecting with mother Gaia. You know, a lot of us are going through this process of sending up, but we are still in this earthly body. And so it's important to really connect to the earth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you said, with water, with nourishment, Um, because we've chosen to be here in this body, a light being, and so we have to manage both of that. Um, And I find that for me, chanting is really helpful and really keeping the the throat chakra open, but also it brings higher vibrations. And I listen to a lot of high vibrational music as well. Um, So Yeah, like if it depends on what you feel called to, you can take what works for you and leave the rest. And there may be moments where you feel like I want to listen to this type of music all the time. And then okay, today I don't want to. I need to listen to something else. And so just listen
0: to your intuition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember also like last year there was a point where all I wanted to listen to is like like 90s, like pump music, like all that, you know, like the stuff you would hear in like a sports arena or something like this really strong, like with a strong bass type of thing. And it was because there's so much vibration to that. So I would listen to it in my car and I was like, wow, I think this might have to do with like wanting me to like get to like a higher frequency, like something about the frequency of the music. Cause I just kept being drawn to that. And then that passed. And then I went through a phase where I just wanted silence. And there's something to that too. When you're really just craving, just, you know, no sound, just that quiet place. So again, as we're saying, it's it's about being attuned and listening to what you're needing and just trusting that and not being like, well, that's weird. I'll, I would say just always give it a try, you know. Um, and I wonder if you could speak a little more to that notion of um the left and right, because I absolutely have that and I always have stuff on the left. So does it always mean a deficit? So if I always have left side things, does that mean I'm not honoring feminine enough? Or does it mean that there's like, how do you know whether it's overdrive in that area or a, a you know, a lack in that? I think
1: it can be either. It really depends on what you're doing in your life. So you got to ask yourself, okay, am I too much in the creative process? Am I too flowy and like kind of floating here, which was happening to me, where I left the corporate world and I was in so much structure and so much masculine that when I left, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go out into the ether and, you know, really on the feminine and just like being in flow, and I wasn't having enough structure. And so then when I come back to the structure, it's like, oh, now I have too much structure. So it could be either way. you know, the the masculine energy is really important for us. To have healthy structure for the feminine energy to create and to really be in flow and connecting to source. Um, so it really depends on what you're experiencing because it could be overactive
0: or underactive
1: at any time. Right.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So, and I guess a lot of that has to do with intuition. You know, you are, we are in our own bodies and we can't, it is, it's important to seek guidance and community. Yet also sometimes it's, it's, you're the best source of knowledge and wisdom of yourself. So, you know, there's so many people who say, well, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to, well, you just kind of, kind of, you know, we all want answers. We all want quick answers, um, which is, you know, a very sort of, tendency of most people right now and being impatient and just wanting like quick fixes. But that also is where, what I see when my vision of the future is when we're, we're not in this sort of, um, really kind of anxious space where we want quick results and and quick fixes. We're able to sort of relax a little and be more focused on rooting ourselves, building those roots that for lasting results rather than just quick results.
1: For sure. I mean, there's, I always tell people be careful what you ask for um, because if you ask for too much information, you may receive it and then you might not be able to digest it. And then oftentimes we go back through the same lessons over and over and we get the same message over and over because we haven't listened, we haven't integrated it. So it's really important to really know what you have in your cup first before asking for more. And, you know, I have experienced that with the use of Oracle cards in the use of um, plant medicine of like really just take that pause and reflect, you know, do some journaling, do some meditation, draw, paint, be creative, like whatever you need express what's coming through and listen, you know, implement those things that you're being shown to implement. If you need more structure, then do it, like add in the routines and and think of it as self-care. That's where I've had to reframe my mind in terms of, you know, healthy structure is that it's about self-care. It's not about rigidity, Um, you know, and the feminine can be in flow without being, you know, without structure if you, if you marry the two, they can both support each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Another thing I wanted to ask about is you, you mentioned earlier about 12 strands of DNA and that's a concept I've heard of because they say, how many do we have now? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I, cause I heard that before that it's like, we are operating literally from like a, a blueprint. That's not uh that's you know not our full cap- capacity or of our full ability and that when we do it it is i mean what what do you say is a change once we get to a 12 strand dna what shifts like what does that allow for well that's what i was
1: talking about the you know what i've been reading about is really the telepathy telepathy the oh, okay. and teleportation yeah. those other gifts where when we're in this light body we're not needing to like eat using light we don't like if what i've learned about the fiatians is that they're on the heart chakra up is um you know the the chakras below our heart the 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 first chakra the second chakra the third are really connected to the earthly body and so once we start transcending we don't need those lower centers um because we're just operating on light and so we can travel, and we can talk to each other without the words, without the use of physical body moving. Um, so that's kind of what I was learning about a little bit. I'm not, you know, an expert at it at all. Um, this is all like really interesting stuff to me. Um, but I think it was what I was reading about is I they they call a lot of the um, I guess currently we're operating with two strands of DNA, and the rest is considered junk DNA mm-hmm. and um, those are that junk DNA is really key to all these other abilities that we have access to. We just, we just haven't accessed them yet or unlocked them yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know one, um, book that I really liked I, another, uh, something I was drawn to when I first heard the concept of star seeds and Pleiadians, I don't even know who told me, but I somehow came across bringers of the dawn. Have you listened to that? Someone from the eighties and they channeled this whole, um, dialogue and, you know, conversation with Ple- Pleiadians and they basically gave instructions about things you can do to raise your vi- vibration to begin this process. And it's, it's really fascinating. And I, I felt called to listen to it. And then just recently I felt called to listen again. So I went through and it really is, it talks a lot about things to eat and the changes that they experience, you know, where they are now and what's, and they do talk about the strands of DNA and how, you know, humans are, are living in this um, confined space because we, we've, you know, Deactivated. We have we don't have the access to these, you know, additional codes of DNA that will bring us to this different level of of operating and experiencing life. So I would recommend checking that out to anybody who's curious about, or if anyone's being called to the concept of star seeds or Pleiadians, I think that's a good place to start. You know, I mean, with like with anything else, you have to trust what resonates with you. You know, the only truth is the one that you connect with. It's. Imp- I think it's important not to try to force any concept or idea. You, I think we find our way in, right into the exact right place and spot for what's meant for us. Yeah, and
1: I think also just like not getting too much into our head about it is like you said, is just like trusting, not trying to rationalize it. I mean, that's kind of my motto is really what feels good. Like I've been listening to a lot of light language and I didn't understand why or understand what it is. Um, you know, and then, you know, I was kind of researching it for a call of like, okay, well, how do I explain this to people that don't know what it is? Because for me, it's really a feeling that I feel this frequency and this vibration and it's activating something. And that's all that matters to me. Um, but really light language is, is information that's coming up. You can say from the universe, from the multi multiverse of, information that's activating us. So that it it can be through sound, it can be through symbols, it can be through numbers, through movement, sacred geometry. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's really information that's helping us process these shifts in consciousness and really helping us to facilitate the restructuring of our light body. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we're receiving this information in different ways. And some people will channel light language, through sound and it can sound like animal sounds, clicks and pulses, it can be tones, it can be songs spoken in in dialects we don't understand. It can be mudras or singing and dancing. Uh, It has many, many different types of expressions. So really just starting to listen to what what is um, resonating um, and letting those seeds be planted. I mean, I remember I went to a trip on a trip to Teotihuacan, uh, near Mexico City years ago. And this is before I even heard of any of the starseed stuff. And, you know, it was just still learning and listening to my intuition. And this was a teacher of a teacher that I had. And I listened to my gut. I went and I didn't really know what happened. People asked me like, oh, so how was it? And I said, it was good and i knew there was something going on on a subtle level of just being there and i um, receiving some activations i know energetically it was a very powerful place there was somebody that was in our group who she was in her i think in her 50s and she had already hit menopause and i remember she came up to me because i was one of the youngest people there and she was like oh my god like do you have anything because i just got my moon and she's like i I was purging something from my womb. And so, you know, and then like, I remember it activated me too. And um, so I know that the energies in certain places are powerful and we may not understand why. But then now years later, I did a medicine journey and I remember something came through from that journey of an experience that I had of like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do with this information. So, you know, it's just like the seeds are being planted and, you know, the plant is growing and being watered. But we may we may not understand yet, you know, what what it is that we learned, you know, and I and I go back to when I was a child as well, of a lot of what I learned through my ancestry. I'm starting to really understand that now. Um, you know, for a while I pushed it away through my teen years. And then once I started coming back into this awakening process in the last like year, I would say my ancestry has been coming through a lot more of like, oh, that's why you learned this mantra. That's why you learned. You know these shabbats, these hymns on the harmonium, like it's it's high vibrational. There's information in that, and it's all encompassing. And as a child, you may have been taught and you didn't understand, but now you have the the knowledge, and and you're able to go back and really learn and and understand those concepts now. So, you know, just just taking it in whatever feels comfortable, and then allowing it to unflow, unfold, and bloom when it needs to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that idea that sometimes, you know, again, it's it's about trusting the process and not having certain expectations. Because again, that's more of like this 3D stuff, right? Where you're like, well, if I got this, then I want to be able to use it right now. But sometimes things come through us and then they kind of stay dormant until it's the right time for them to be awakened or utilized,
1: right? Yes, for sure. I mean, things are, uh, as we talked about in the very beginning, like there's information encoded in our DNA, it's imprinted in us. And that's what the soul brings is this memory in our DNA. Like the soul has all the information. When we come into this body, we have chosen to forget in order to remember again. And um, a lot of that has to do with what I'm learning is that, and in this trust and surrender of like guidance I've been receiving, from different healers is really like, it'll come when it comes, you know, like your activation, your third eye fully will happen when it's going to happen. Um, it's just that things need to be aligned on the planet. You have to work through certain karmic contracts because you've signed up for it. And in order to step into this other role, you have to work through all this stuff. That's what you've chosen to do. And so I'm like, okay, I trust that everything's divinely orchestrated. And everything's happening for the greater good. That it's not just about me. Um, you know, we have the saying in Sikhism, which is nanak Nam Jardikala Terapanet Sarvat Kapala. So, uh, Nam remembering remembering Source's name. So Guru Nanak told us remember Source's name, and Jardikala is always to live. Um, in opulence and joy and remembering like the good side of things, even when we're going through difficult times. And Sarvatka Bala is really remembering that this is for the greater good of everybody. So it's not just about us. It's about the collective. It's about our communities. It's about our families, that our healing journey is not just about us. It's about everybody else as well. So we all heal
0: simultaneously. Yes. And that's going to be such a beautiful shift uh, for us to move more into because like so many other things, I think that we are so individualized in this culture. We're very disconnected from the idea of community, of connection. We do think about how does this affect me? What about me? What am I, 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 right? The I. And we see less about the we. And we think that I feels good the same way we think that, you know, um, obtaining these external things is positive, but don't realize that it really just keeps us in this loop of basically an addictive loop of I need this to feel this way. The same way with, as you're describing this I of like, well, what about me? What am I doing? But when we move out of that, it is another sense of freedom. When you get to think, okay, well, what about us? It takes away that, you know, the the prison of the individual self, of the ego, and you move into, I'm a part of the greater, but that, you know, it is a hard shift to go from the I to the we, to to let go of this concept of me as this totally autonomous being that needs to be looking out for myself all the time and trusting that we are a part of something bigger. And once we connect with that, we will actually feel so much more expansive and connected and freer and more aligned with love, right? Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me growing up in a community where we it was about community, um, it's easier for me to understand. Um, but I think like growing up in the American culture, it was really like opposing those two yeah. sides were opposing. And I think that's the part where I stepped away from what I learned and then circled back and it was through learning about other communities and other traditions that really reminded me like, oh my God, these seeds were planted in me a long time ago. And, you know, I don't need to go to someone else's culture, but they were just acting as a mirror to me. You know, I really learned from the South American tradition about reciprocity that, you know, they use the word Aini that, you know, when you're taking something, you're also giving back. So if you're receiving from the earth, you're, you're giving an offering back So there's all these rituals that are done in a way to give back, you know, there being reciprocity um, and and building relationships with the other beings. It's not just about us. We cannot live in this planet, just me, 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 because we're not going to survive. You know, Mother Gaia has told me herself that she will survive and she will do whatever she needs to in order to cleanse herself. And that means that we need to really think about ourselves as a collective. Like, what are we doing to support each other? Um, you yeah. know, most of us don't even know who our neighbors are. Like I live in an apartment complex, I never see anybody. And I always wonder like, who's my neighbor? Should I go knock? Like, I don't know if a lot of people are really not wanting to, mm. um, you know? And I remember I used to listen to Shaman Durek and I remember him saying once, you know, that guy across the street that's screaming, that's you. That's you, that's you, that's you. That's you. There's all, there's parts of ourselves and everybody. Yeah. And they are our problem. It doesn't mean that we need to help every person that we see, but we can send loving vibrations. And as we keep our vibration high, you know, people that are around us either have to start leveling up and their energy needs to transmute or they go away. So not everybody's going to make the shift into consciousness. It's a choice and the souls are choosing that, um, but the earth is transcending no matter what. And so we can join her and transcend with her and do the hard
0: work or we don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so much of what you just said reminds me that, um, so many of our problems right now are some of the reasons why we're still, I think when we're resisting what you just said about transcending is when we're stuck more in fear rather than being guided by love, by surrendering to love, because everything we just kind of hit on is because I don't believe that humans are inherently greedy or, you know, um, violent or angry or any of those things, but it all comes from a fear. We're not inherently stuck in a um, scarcity mindset, right? But all of these things we've, we've created an illusion that keeps us stuck in this fear if i don't fight for my own prosperity and my own you know meal ticket i'm gonna get left behind if i go and make friends with my neighbor he might try to hurt me or harm me or you know so we avoid people not always, but you know that it's sort of like the underlying tone for a lot of people is all based in fear. Well, don't just go over there and talk to people. You don't know what they might do. Don't go around and risk certain things because you could lose what you have. It's so so much fear is baked into the world that we know and it keeps us in this lower density energy because fear is low density, right? Because it, it's there's a term that I like that says fear holds on and love let lets go. So, as long as we're in fear, we're holding on so desperately to these duality concepts that keep us. Yeah, I love that. Again, they keep us chained. And inherently, I believe humans know at our very core, core that we're meant to be connected and free. And that's our just more of our natural state, and where we are now is a very unnatural state. And I think that's the exciting thing about what's happening on our planet is that whether or not you're, you know, we're probably at the farther end of the spectrum of being like kind of getting out there and getting strong pull towards this this vision, this future that we just sense, this higher dimension that we sense. Like, yes, this is possible. Where we are now is kind of the falsity. It's people. It's it's the it's what's unrealistic to me. It's ironic that when you speak the way that you and I are speaking. People will tell me, "Oh, you're just being idealistic." You're, oh, so you're an ide- idealist? And I say, "No, I'm actually just a realist." The way that we live now is not realistic. It's actually very—it's dysfunctional in every way, because it's not serving anybody anymore. But a world where we are actually connected and more released and in love is just—it's like a, a, a system that's actually func- functioning as it's supposed to be, as opposed to where we are now, where it's literally almost like working backwards. And causing everyone a great deal of harm and discomfort.
1: No, I, I love what you said about, you know, the fear. Um, in my last uh, Women's Circle, you know, I brought up this example of like, you can, you can hold your fist really tight and just like hold it like that as tight as you can. And then let go. And like, what's the difference? Like, how does that feel? Like, we could just let go. and And just let go of the fear. I know it seems simple it is it's actually that simple mm-hmm. and you know we were focused on on a poem and and the poem was about blooming and you know at some point the flower needs to bloom mm-hmm. and we have to shed those other parts of ourselves in order to get to the next stage of our of our evolution of growth and growth is usually not easy and it requires discomfort. Um, but it is starting to look at those fears and starting to see that it is an illusion that's keeping us asleep. That, you know, a lot of like the plant medicines are not being, um, you know, decriminalized because people don't want us to be awake. They don't want us to see that we could um, start changing things and we can stop depending on certain powers and that there are certain powers that be are are controlling most of the world and for what? Because we've given them our power. Yes. So we can claim that power again. We can take it back. But yes. we have to yes. see that we've actually given it to them.
0: Yes. And yes. We have
1: to call it back. And so something that I've been working through recently in my own healing has been forgiveness. And an easy mantra that I was given was to say I'm sorry for giving you what is mine. I forgive you for taking what was mine. I call back all that is mine. And I return all that is yours with us with awakening attached. So we can do that with anything, anyone just repeating that all the time, like, we're constantly giving our energy away, we're, we're allowing our boundaries to be thin, because and And you know, we say, "Oh, this person attacked us. Oh, they did this. It's like, actually, we're allowing it on some level, yeah, um, our soul is allowing it, and yeah, we can change that at any time,
0: yes, yes, and I think that that's a gorgeous sentiment, and I love what you just said, and one of the things I get a little frustrated with at this time is we are all getting irritable and frustrated with the way the world is, yet when we when our belief that the way to change it is to kind of fight against it, to me, it's exactly what you said. We have to recognize that we're a part of it. It's just like you said, the person across the street in the apartment is you. And that person walking down the street is you. And that person that's hurting other people is you. There's nothing that we can ever see that we can't in some way understand because we're all one. And there's no one that's so different from you. We're just what you said. Sometimes we're like, well, he's not my problem because he's a total mess. Well, you're that mess too. You know, we're all, so it's the same thing when we say, I hate the way that this is. And I'm so mad at this person. Cause it's all these people's fault for creating it. That just keeps us exactly like what you said, where whoever is in power, they want us to stay in this place because we're never going to free ourselves. We're never going to ascend and make that shift from lo- fear into love. As long as we're fighting and saying and placing blame on others. It's when we all recognize just what you said that we can at any time release that everything could change. Everything would change in an instant if we all let go of this, this fight and this push and pull. And it involves just what you said. It says, I forgive. I take back my energy. I allow you to have yours. And then these systems that we've created, they're all energy too. If we take our energy back, they can't exist. And we, right now we put most of our energy into these systems because of fear you know, fear that of that we don't have enough, that we need certain things to be acceptable, right? So there's all these industries right now that have created these big corporations that again, we all damn and we say, oh, there's so much inequality and discrepancy of wealth and everything in the world. Well, it's because we're all tied into them. When we start, rather than, you know, cursing them, when we just say, I release it, I bring my energy back, then we do that letting go. And when I picture it that way, I re- it's when I get hope that, You know, Sometimes you can look around the world and say, man, this is going to take a long time for change. But actually change could happen in an instant because all it is, is that letting go and shifting from, wait a minute, I thought I had to hold on because I thought if I let go, I was going to fly off and die. But when you realize there is no such thing as death, there is no such thing as being harmed as a soul. So I can actually let go at any time and I'll be fine. That would change everything. And I think that we're getting closer to a place where We could reach that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have hope of that. I I mean, I've been taught that our soul is infinite. And, you know, if I'm here to do certain work, then I am protected. And doesn't mean that I don't need to protect myself in situations and learn those boundaries. But it's a choice. And I'm choosing to do this work. You know, I remember growing up learning, like, we live 42 million lives through the cycles of karma. And the human life is the highest life in order to transcend out of this cycle, that this is the quote unquote hell, you know, that, that other religions talk about is that the the point is to get out of these cycles, to to join uh, you know, the rainbow, the ancestors in in the river, in the rainbow river of of unity in those other dimensions. And, you know, I was thinking about that quote from my circle by. Uh, Annis Nin and, and she says, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. So we're at this point in a collective that we're getting frustrated and that frustration needs to be there in order for shift to occur. Because if we're just sitting there comfortable, nothing is changing. It's through that discomfort of like, looking at those fears that we actually create shift.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Verpal, well, this has been so wonderful and such a beautiful conversation. Thank you for, and this was exactly what I needed today. And I hope it's what everyone listening needed. Cause I, it's so important to have these reminders. Cause again, you walk through this world and sometimes it's hard not to get caught up in the milieu and the, the Maya and say, Oh gosh, all these things are happening. So, you know, it's good to tap in, to reconnect and thank you for giving us so many powerful and helpful ways to embrace our ascension, to allow for ascension, different tools and, you know, different things to connect with. So really appreciate you really loved talking with you. And, um, I know that you offer also a lot of tools yourself in your work. So you do Reiki, but you also do gong sound baths for a lot of different events and, that people yeah, can so I yeah, I offer in-person Reiki
1: sessions, one-on-one sessions, as well as remote sessions as Reiki works through space and time, as energy does. And I also do community events here in San Francisco, uh, Reiki infused gong bath activations. Mm. And I also do other Reiki events as well as hold wild woman circles. Um, So really just spaces where we can be activated and in the wild woman circles, we are connecting to our inner guidance and inner wisdom, uh, really bringing back the feminine intuition. So yeah, you can find me on risinglotusreiki.com. And I'm so grateful for you asking me to be here, Whitney. And I'm so grateful that we had this conversation about you know, the star beings and the Pleiadians. And I know this is, you know, something that hadn't been coming up about us. So thank
0: you so much for suggesting it. Yes. Thank you for for being on the show. And I look forward to having you back again when we have some, you know, different topics and other stuff we want to bring to light. So thank you. And also happy full moon. We didn't recognize we had a beautiful, super full moon last night, the buck full moon. Yes. Happy super full moon, everybody. Take it easy.
1: There's still a lot of stuff coming through. You start following astrologically what's happening. I post a lot on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me. There's a lot of information out there that's being channeled and it can help to understand it in order to just bring us a little bit of ease of like what's going on. Yes,
0: absolutely. All right. for Paul. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.